1 through the first five verses to hear the word of the Lord. A Psalm of David. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So for our first anniversary, my wife and I spend a week in the mountains of North Georgia, up in the Helen uh, Unicoi State Park area. And while we were there, we decided we were going to go hiking. I'd never been hiking before, but how hard could it really be? I mean, it's practically walking. I can walk, therefore, ergo, I can hike. So I pulled out a trail map. And it was great. There were all these different trails. There were, there were loops around like ponds and lakes and stuff. And, and then there were little trails through the woods, getting nice. It looks great. And then there was the one that caught my eye. It was the trail up the back end of whatever mountain hill thing up to the top of Anaruby Falls to see the waterfall. Ha <laughs> ha, that's the one. If you're going to hike, let's go. If you live in South Georgia, let's go see a waterfall, right? And so picked it out. We were excited about it. Um, And so the map used these little symbols to describe the difficulty of each trail. So on that little loop around the pond, it was beginner. Uh, The little treks through the woods were intermediate. My trail? Advanced. I thought, surely these little labels are for tourists. They don't mean me. I'm not a tourist. I'm Well, I'm me, and I can do this. And so I took it as a suggestion, and I said, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, Actually, I took it as a label. I chose it, therefore I am advanced. And we prepared to head on uh, to this particular trail. So, But first we had to go to the store to get ready for the hike. Because if you're going to hike, you need the stuff. Like, that's half the fun. It's like camping. I think I have probably camped outside maybe three, four nights in my life. But I've got enough high-end stuff for my whole family to live outside for an entire year. Sometimes I think I like getting the stuff more than I like the actual thing. And so we had to go to the store to get the stuff. We bought a backpack because hikers have backpacks. And we got a compass in case we got lost on that three-mile straight back-and-forth little route. Uh, We got a whistle in case a a bear came. We got a, a, a big knife in case... I don't know why we did, because hikers have them. And, and we got a flint and a steel and ponchos and everything. And we got trail mix, lots of trail mix. Because if you pay attention, it's called trail mix. Any advanced hiker knows that you're supposed to eat trail mix on the trail. 
and it had M&Ms, which are fantastic. So we just bought a whole bunch of that. We were set. We had enough stuff to survive for a week on this three-mile trail in which you could probably still see the parking lot the whole time. So the next morning, I shoved a half a case of water in the backpack because, you know, you've got to stay hydrated or else you'll be in real trouble, Bear Grylls told me. Uh, and we set off. I put on that backpack, and it was beautiful. And we were advanced hikers, Amanda. We were. Until the incline started to really hit. The elevation increased. And my legs started to hurt a little bit, and there were conveniently placed trees for me to stop every once in a while. Uh, I was having a little trouble breathing. That's about, about 15 minutes in. Um, and that backpack was getting heavy. Oh, boy, did I feel every single ounce of stuff we put in that backpack. We ate some trail mix, and then, but we had to throw the wrappers back in there because pack in, pack out, and I felt that every ounce of that little wrapper were going. About a mile in, I swallowed my pride. I said, Amanda, I'm glad I, I nabbed you a year ago and you already said yes because I'm about to do something that would make anyone run. I'm about to quit. I cannot do this. It is too hard. We're going to turn around and go back. And when she agreed lovingly, because she's the best woman in all of the world, thank you. I honestly thought, I can just bury this backpack right here and I don't ever have to worry about it again. I won't miss it. I've only had it for a day. And we took it out and we made it. You know, if I was really an advanced hiker, I would have known that I did not need all that extra stuff on that particular trail. We were just carrying around too much extra weight. There was too much extra weight. Now today, we're going to finish our sermon series called Breathing Room. Now, I have heard somebody say in the past uh, couple of days that January this year felt like it had 72 days in it. I think I understand exactly what you're talking about. But that's a far cry from the great optimism that many of us had at New Year's when we felt like the world was ours for the taking. We could uh, dream of new goals, big changes, and bold resolutions. But somewhere along those 72 days of January, reality set in, and we don't have maybe enough space to do it. We're busy. Wow, everything hit at once. Oh my, January is a long month for my monthly paycheck to come through. Oh my goodness, I'm tired or we're sick. Sometimes you don't need a resolution, you need breathing room. That's what we've been talking about. But finding breathing room isn't always about managing our calendars or going and opening your closet door and deciding to get all Marie Kondo on that business. Sometimes breathing room is about the stuff that you can't see that takes up space in our lives and weighs us down. Sometimes it's about the stuff we can't see. And like my hike up to Anna Ruby Falls, sometimes we're trying to walk through life with a little too much weight, not on our backs, but in our souls. You see, we've all made bad choices along the way. We just have. You don't have to name them now. Please don't nudge your neighbor and inform them what their bad choices were. We're good. We've all hurt other people. Some of us have done that maybe in really big ways. Others, it's just a series of small things. We've all walked astray from the path that God 
has set out for us. Even if we're new to this whole God thing, we know that there's some wrong that we have done. In short, we all have sinned. It's a biblical truth. It's a truth truth. But the thing that we might not recognize is that sin accumulates in our lives. Now, we might think of sin as maybe an action in a moment in time, and time passes, therefore, but sin doesn't just come and go. The weight of it piles up in our souls. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't fade with the passage of time. The weight of the actions and the choices and the things we've done sit piling up in the backpack of our soul, setting up weight after heavier weight. I mean, think about it like this. Carrying around your pack in your life. This isn't the one I used, by the way. This one actually is a hiking pack. The other was a laptop bag. What was I thinking? So, just a, I don't know, a little... A little advantage I can get myself at work. Um, I'm about to hit a breakthrough, but I've got to fudge the numbers a little bit. I've got to maybe represent myself a little less than accurately, but it's only a little while. And that weight of that deceit, it goes straight in the backpack. And you end up carrying it right there around with you. Maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm a little bit angry. It's not wrong to be angry so much as it is what you do with it, but I'm so angry that I've lashed out at people. I've hurt people. I've said things I didn't mean, but I can't take that back. And I've poked holes in other people's lives and maybe even really hurt somebody. It's past. I feel better now, but you know what? There it is. It's heavy as ever. Just sitting in the backpack of your soul, carrying it around little by little. Maybe you've, uh, you've got yourself a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you're married. I don't know what happens in people's lives, but there's somebody new in your life. It seems a little interesting. They catch your eye. At first, you're just thinking interesting thoughts. You know how neat it would be if so-and-so caught my eye. And then a little harmless flirting. And before you know it, you are down a path that you can't turn back from. It doesn't matter if your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend never finds out. Finds out. It doesn't matter if you don't get caught. There it is heavy, sitting right here, accumulating in this backpack of your soul, weighing you down along the way, all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got all this you're walking around with. Something like a real backpack, you can't just take it off, put it down, take a break, but it weighs you down, and it's heavy, and sometimes it's just a little bit, little rocks, a little here and there and here and there, and it just sits back there. Sometimes it's big like those bricks. And you end up with weight after weight getting stored up in your souls, and it gets a little bit heavy. Now, King David uh, is described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. That sounds holy and righteous and stuff, doesn't it? But King David in Psalm 32, he actually talks about his own sin, and he describes it in the first, uh, the third and fourth verse. He says that his sin is like a weight that is heavy upon him. 
He feels it in his bones. He says it makes him feel like his body is wasting away and it fills him with groaning all day long as he carries his iniquity or transgression or the weight of the things he has done. And this is a man after God's own heart. Carrying weight. Have you ever felt that weight? That guilt, that shame, or gosh, I just don't know what it is, but that heaviness in my soul? It lingers long after the thing you've done is gone. It lingers long after you've stopped thinking about it. Sin piles up in our lives. Now, King David also gives us a vision of a way of life that's free from the burden of sin. But we don't have to carry this around and lug it around. He talks about it in verse 1 and 2 of this psalm. He says, happy is the one. I'm not happy right now. This is getting a little heavy. This is how you know the sermon is not going to last 25 minutes because I've got a bag of weight in my backpack. Happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Happy is the one to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity. That's fancy Bible words for happy is the one that the Lord doesn't hold them to account. Happy. I wasn't happy on my trail to Anna Ruby Falls. I was happy when I put that backpack down. Happy is the one. Now that doesn't happen just by accident. We can't just make ourselves happy. It comes through, the scriptures tell us, the Lord's forgiveness. It comes through the Lord taking the weight of this off of our backs so that we are not responsible anymore for the things that we have done or the punishment therein or the weight therein uh, that we carry in our souls. And King David talks about important and courageous act that leads to the Lord's forgiveness. Y'all still following with me? He talks about a bold and courageous act on our part that allows the Lord to forgive us. He says this in verses Five and six, four and five. David says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions before the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. David confessed his sin, and the Lord forgave him. 1 John 1.19 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The news here, the good news, is that God will take off the weight of our sin. God will pick it up and take it off our back, off of our soul. We don't have to bear bear it anymore. I'm good now because this is short, but give me about another 30 minutes with this stuff on. And this is just an example. What if I was carrying all I've ever done? What about you? David confessed his sin and the Lord forgave him. And that is the way that the scriptures tell us that we access, reach out for the forgiveness that God has won for us in Jesus Christ through confessing our sin. Name it. Own it. Express our sorrow for it. Turn away from it and ask for forgiveness. Take a look in your pack. Take a look. This, this is my anger. 
yours, mine. This is when I hurt so and so because I let anger get a hold of me. This is mine. I did this. And I'm sorry. Lord, I ask you for your forgiveness. Name it. Own it. Maybe for you, you might say, uh, Lord, I hate to do it, but this is my pride. Not only have I thought that I could live life without you, thank you very much, I've got it made in the shade and whatever good things I've got in my life, but I've also been so prideful that I have withheld important parts of my life from the people who need me, from the people who love me and need to know the real me. I've told you I don't need you. I've acted to other people like I don't need them, and I've hurt people, and I'm lonely, and I've hurt myself. This is my pride. This is mine. I did this. I am sorry. Please forgive me. And maybe, maybe this is all those little thoughts you've been thinking that you don't want anybody to think and anybody to know and nobody checks your browser history, but you've got some lustful thoughts that have occurred in your life. Lord, this is mine. I did this. And I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. And after a few courageous acts and a few courageous moments of what you are left with because of the grace and mercy of God is something so much more manageable to walk through life with. You are no longer carrying the weight that you cannot bear. You are no longer carrying the weight of accumulated sin and transgression and iniquity and what other biblical words you want to use for that heaviness in your soul. Because God can set you free from it. God wants to set you free from it. That is the whole work of Jesus Christ, that he came, that he died, that he rose again, that he ascended into heaven to secure the forgiveness of your sins. So what's in your backpack? What are you carrying? And now some of you are going to say, well, you know what, Pastor Jim, I've been in church all my life. I've been in this church all my life. I've been a Christian since whenever, whenever, whenever. What are we talking about here? And I'll say that might be true for you. It might absolutely be true for you. But many Christians are still carrying around the weight of sin in their life. Still, don't, mis- don't mistake the fact that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that you are now perfect and will never sin again. That's what the journey is about. And don't be smug in your, in your Christianity to think, well, Jesus forgave me. I'm good. He's just going to forgive whatever I do. I'm good because you still got weight in your backpack. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we don't have to think about uh, the things we do wrong anymore. What it means is all the more I want that grace that God has given me. Here are all of the deep and small things that I've done and the big things that I've done. And this is what I did yesterday. God, I want that freedom and grace and forgiveness. That's what following Christ begins to look like a yearning for the lightness of soul. So what's in your backpack? Look deep in your soul. What do you need to confess to God? You know, every time we come to receive Holy Communion, we begin with a prayer of general confession. You'll see it. It's on page 12. It's in bold print. It's for all of us to read. It's basically like a pre-printed confession. It's the best kind of confession. It requires nothing of you. You just read it, right? Oh, yeah, Lord, I did all these things wrong. (laughs) So did they. Forgive us, we pray. It's actually good for us. We've done all those things, and it's good for us to confess. It really is. But 
There's this pesky little moment right after. You'll see it on page 12. It says, a moment of silence. And you know what that's for? That's for after we together have confessed our sin, it's for you and for me to confess before the Lord the things that we have done in our lives and the weight that we carry. And then afterwards, we hear the truth of the gospel that says, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. So what I'm going to invite you to do today as we come to the table for Holy Communion, we're going to take that moment of silence. Open up the bag, backpack of your soul. It sounds like a There Might Be Giants song, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. You'll have to help me out. We'll open up the backpack of our soul and lift out and confess the weight that we carry. And then afterwards, after you hear the great good news of your forgiveness, I want you to receive that forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And as you come to receive Holy Communion, you stand up tall with a new lightness in your step and you walk happy all the way down here to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ and rejoice in the new breathing room that you will find in your soul. Happy are the ones whose transgressions are forgiven. Happy is the one to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity. I pray that you and I today will know a fresh happiness for our life. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the great vision that allows us to see that we don't have to carry the weight of our sin. Oh, thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ, who bore our iniquities so that we might be set free. Give us the courage to look deep inside to own it, to name it, the things that we've done wrong, and confess them to you, that we might have freedom, freedom, freedom. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.